Even the Chinese, who were betting heavily on reopening, recovery from reopening, can see that instead, globally synchronized, increasingly synchronized, globally synchronized deflationary recession is in their future. They've turned more and more toward at least whispers and rumors and noises about stimulus, as well as taking a few small steps in that direction, all because they can see the downside danger continuously building, not just from the outside in, but also from the inside out. Last week, the Chinese decided, well, the PBOC lowered, first of all, its benchmark repo rate by 10 basis points and followed that up with a 10 basis point decrease in the MLF, which is going to lead them to likely a 10 basis point decrease in both of the LPR rates, which we'll talk about in a minute what those mean, what those really mean. But most people have been, have been looking for more concrete steps from especially the state council in China to tell them what they're really going to do because rate cuts they don't seem to get the job done there or anywhere. Yet, authorities don't know what else to do. There was a report in the uh, state media in China over the weekend, Xinhua, that said, in response to the changing economic landscape, it is imperative to introduce policies that are more powerful. So what the Chinese are saying here is a couple things. Number one, well, if we do rate cuts, that's because we just do rate cuts. We don't really know what else to do and know what else to do. And number two, maybe more importantly, the changing economic landscape. The Chinese are telling you globally synchronized deflationary recession. They can see it coming, but they don't know exactly what to do about it. One thing that they're going to do is the same thing that every central bank around the world does, and that is cut interest rates. And we're all told that lowering interest rates is stimulus. Here's a Bloomberg article just from a couple weeks ago at the end of May. China's economic growth will get a bigger boost if the central bank cuts the reserve requirement ratio for banks rather than interest rates, according to research from Bloomberg Economics. Monetary easing through cuts in the RR or the policy rate quote would send an immediate signal to the broader market that growth is now the focus Helping boost confidence, economists Cheng Shu and David Q said in the report. They have powerful signaling effects that argue for their greater role. Essentially, that's the point behind rate cuts, or RR cuts for that matter. Anything that the, any central bank around the world does as far as cutting things or hiking things. It's all about signaling. Yet that's not what we're told. That's not where we're led to believe. Borrowers are more willing to borrow because loans are cheaper. But that's not exactly how it really works. In fact, as we see time and time again, what these economists said about interest rates being signals is, is absolutely true, but just in the opposite way from everyone believes. We're led to believe that interest rate cuts signal powerful stimulus when instead history has shown and markets know this, that interest rate cuts are confirmation that feces and fans are getting closer and closer together if they haven't already come in contact. So let's talk about the interest rate, in, interest rate cuts in general, but specifically what we can learn about China through its recent history and what that tells us about the globally synchronized deflationary recession that we're facing right now, at least from the Chinese perspective, which is, as history has shown, a useful perspective.
But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, if you're interested, Eurodollar University has memberships available where we talk about global monetary system, the Eurodollar, what it is, what the system is, what it's supposed to do, and why it isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Just ask the Chinese. We also have research subscriptions available. I contribute a daily briefing. That's a partnership with MarketsInsiderPro.com, Stephen Van Meter, Tracy Schuchart. That's at MarketsInsiderPro. And I also do a deep dive analysis. Every day we dive deep into all of these topics, macro as well as money, where money and macro come together, what's going on right now, what that's going to mean for the intermediate and longer term future. That's at Eurodollar University, as is all the information, memberships and research subscriptions, Eurodollar.University. I think the best example of the failure of rate cuts is 2008. Because remember, before 2008 happened, everybody thought that Alan Greenspan's Fed and then leading up to, into Ben Bernanke's Fed had engineered this great moderation. At least that's what the Fed said. Uh, the financial media largely went along with it by doing nothing more than raising and lowering interest rates. And by cutting interest rates, it's supposed to be a powerful, powerful stimulus, as economists will admit, through, through nothing more than signaling that it's stimulus. And if you and I believe that lower interest rates are actually stimulus, then we'll act as if the economy's been stimulated and then our actions will be the stimulus that the central banks can only, can only influence by moving things around. It sounds as ridiculous as it is because in practice, it doesn't work that way. And in practice, in history, what we see is it didn't work at all. The federal funds rate was the federal funds target rate was five and a quarter percent into early 2007. And the Federal Reserve proceeded to cut the interest rate all the way down to two percent by the time we got to Bear Stearns, which they thought this was powerful stimulus. 325 basis points of rate cuts in a very short condensed period of time. That has to be powerful stimulus. Yet, as we know, it was nothing of the of the sort. In fact, markets consumer prices, pretty much any economic variable you want to name, none of it correlated to either rate hikes or rate cuts. The Fed was simply trying to signal, and what it was actually signaling is that it was perceiving weakness in the real economy and was reacting to that weakness by lowering interest rates. So whereas the Fed wants you to believe that cutting interest rates is a signal of stimulus, most people in the market have learned that when the Fed or any central bank is cutting rates, that's an acknowledgement of severe and serious weakness. And that, of course, brings us to the Chinese. The Chinese are, as I said, they're already cutting interest rates. Uh, they don't want to cut interest rates. They want to they wanted to let recovery and reopening do its thing. They wanted to build up slowly over this year. But as the as a little blurb from the news agency I, I read earlier said, the changing economic landscape has forced their hand. Thank you, the rest of the world, falling into recession and pulling China down in it. But also recognizing that China's reopening wasn't powerful enough to counteract those negative external headwinds. So last week, they lowered the MLF after reducing the benchmark repo rate. Tonight, they're likely to announce the cut to the LPRs. But again, why do people believe that these interest rate cuts are actually stimulus. Well, one is, as we mentioned in the other article from Bloomberg, economists say it is. And so economists seem to, they 
Everybody believes they know something about the economy. They're on TV. They're all over central banks and official capacities. So if they say that cutting rates is stimulus, who are we to believe otherwise? Plus, it sounds plausible. It sounds like if all else is equal, if interest rates are lower, then that means it's cheaper to borrow. But we don't consider the other parameters that are involved. Other factors that might be far greater than just what borrowers are perceiving in terms of their, their borrowing costs. And so when you look back through time, not just the 2008 experience with the federal funds rate, but any time, lower interest rates correspond with the economy going down like interest rates, not the opposite. And China is maybe the perfect, perfect example, especially since 2013 and 2014. Go back to 2014 and 2015, what we call Euro dollar number three, which was the third outbreak of a dollar shortage, severe dollar shortage, massive collateral shortage uh, problems all over the world. That's where you saw China's yuan top out and start to go over the, uh, the wrong way, start to go lower, even though everybody was convinced CNY was going to rise forever. Suddenly it had reversed course because the dollar system had targeted Asia in particular, given the dynamics of the situation at that time, which meant that China was going to experience the double whammy of a monetary problem on top of an economic problem that created more monetary problems, that created more economic problems, and it became this self-reinforcing spiral. And as that spiral developed, the Chinese decided, well, we need to do something about this because it was becoming a major economic issue, one that they did not see coming. So the first thing they did was they lowered some uh, credit rates, which we'll get to in a minute, but they also cut the RRR rate, which is the, the amount of reserves that China's banks, both big and small and medium, big, small and medium, they have to hold in reserve. They lowered the RRR beginning in February of 2015, or 2015, and they kept reducing it to March, 2016. So where the RRR was 20% in 2014 and 2015, they cut it three, three percentage points down to 17% by 2016. Did that work? Obviously it didn't because China's economy continued to get worse and worse and worse. And more than that, we use the word stimulus in, especially in connection with lower interest rates, something should be stimulated. What we're saying is that lower interest rates are supposed to stimulate borrowing which means that there's more borrowing so that the economy doesn't just stop falling at the very best. The economy actually starts to come back. And as it's coming back, rates are supposed to go back up. But in China, they don't ever come back up because nothing is ever stimulated. So instead what happens is rates go down. The Chinese say, well, something happened, but the most that you can say when something happens is that, well, maybe it didn't get worse but because nothing ever actually gets stimulated. It's the old jobs save argument that, well, we can't show you what was stimulated, but we can at least infer somehow that the situation would have been worse if rates and RRR cuts weren't made. In August of 2019, the People's Bank of China decided that it was going to reform the way in which it transmitted its monetary policies into the system. They didn't want to rely on these RRR cuts anymore because they didn't seem to be working all that much. And there were more that, that followed in 2018 and 2019, which we call Eurodollar number four. Isn't that, it's weird how that always coincides. 
Eurodollar system becomes very tight. The global economy starts to experience recession symptoms and then rate cuts in China in response because it's all part of the same process. Unhappy with the results from that process because the RR cuts were not working, the Chinese reformed in August 2019 their loan prime rate. Before then, it had been sort of a reference rate, but not really a benchmark. Uh, because it was it was supposed to have been a benchmark, it, it required approval from the state council to move. PBOC authorities wanted to have a little more discretion in setting interest rate policies, as well as they wanted to be able to they wanted to be able to influence the economy without going directly into these RR cuts because they didn't work. They didn't want to be able to do, they wanted to have an interest rate signal in the same way that Western central banks did. But the only way they could do that, at least to make that plausible signal, make that signal plausible was to reform the LPR. And what they did was instead of having a panel of 10 banks, just tell them what they think their average, their, their best customer rate is, and then applying a discount factor to the MLF. What they said was, now we're gonna have a panel of 18 banks. We're gonna have them give us their rate for their best corporate customer as well as their best sort of household customer. And then we're gonna apply a spread to the MLF. And so that became the new LPR in August of 2019. And they said that we, again, they said they did this because they did not like the way in which the, the old way of monetary policy was not transmitting. They wanted to strengthen the transmission of monetary policies in the real economy. This is something that central bankers have complained about the world over in the post-crisis era because what they're really saying when they say clog transmission or strengthen the transmission channel, what they're saying is our policies don't seem to be working. But we can't say that, so we'll just say it's a clogged transmission or we're trying to strengthen the transmission of monetary policies. And so by reforming the loan prime rate and making it more, more of a realistic rate that banks were willing to give their best customers and tying it back to the People's Bank of China's MLF, it was sort of the idea of making this interest rate cut targeting regime a little bit more consistent with what we're supposed to believe is happening with interest rates. And of course, it didn't work either. So we had the, lo the loan prime rate that had been reduced back in 2014, 2015, just like the RR cuts, didn't do anything there. The uh, reformed one-year loan prime rate, the lo and then they created a five-year loan prime rate in August of 2019. Um, they lowered those late in 2019 because of the Chinese economy, the global economy heading into recession pre-COVID. Obviously, that didn't do anything to stop the recession from developing, though we'll never know for sure because the pandemic overtook everything. And people most people nowadays remember almost nothing about 2018 and 2019. It's been overshadowed by everything else. But here we go into 2020 and beyond. Now, the argument has been that the Chinese economy has been held down by the zero COVID policies, the pandemic policies since 2020, including 2021 and 2022. And in response, the Chinese authorities lowered their loan prime rates. The one-year loan prime rate was lowered in December 2021. The one-year and five-year loan prime rates were both lowered in, in January 2022. The five-year loan prime rate was lowered again in May 2022, housing difficulties, in August of 2022, they were lowered again, both the one and five year, basically to try to manage the downside during the, 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 uh, the lockdown periods in China. But as we know, 
Lockdowns were lifted, zero COVID was ended, which was supposed to have ended the economic nightmare, meaning no more need for any rate cuts. But here we are in June of 2023. The, the uh, PBOC has already cut the RRR. They did that back in March, and now they're going to cut the LPR because they want to signal that they're trying to stimulate unsure about what else might they do that might actually stimulate in the absence of having any concrete proposal because they're not really sure exactly what they're confronting right now just downside risks and downside dangers they're simply doing the same thing that they've always done and relying on especially mainstream media sources to tell everybody this is stimulus so that everybody might act as if it's stimulus and therefore create the stimulus that doesn't otherwise exist. Because when you step back and look at this entire situation, not just in China, but China is a perfect example, as I said. When you step back and look, look at it, China's lowered interest rates corresponds exactly with the fall off in China's economy. So interest rates go down with the economy. So it's not that interest rates are stimulating the economy. It's that the correlation here is the weak economy where economic growth continues to fall and authorities respond to that stubborn decline and long-term decline in economic growth and, and uh, economic variables by lowering interest rates. So as the economy goes down, interest rates go down and neither of those ever come back up. So if we see the Chinese authorities in particular decide we need to cut interest rates, regardless of what else they're going to do, remember, clogged transmission channels. What they're really saying is the economy is in trouble, so we need to at least do something. And we don't know what else it is that we're going to do, but we're going to do something and hope that at least the signaling effect signals something positive. But in the end, as we know, markets as well as most people are on the economy, it signals the exact opposite. When rates start to go down, that's when you know there's trouble. And on last year and the year before in China, everybody thought that trouble was about pandemic policies. Now we're seeing that it wasn't pandemic policies and that rate cuts relate to something else. China is in big trouble for its own reasons, long-term structural reasons, as well as what's going on in the rest of the global economy. So the Chinese are sending us, like they did in 2018 or 2014 and 2015, they're sending us major global warnings, deflationary recession. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you, Eurodollar University research subscribers, Markets Insider Pro research subscribers, and of course, Eurodollar University members. And until next time, take care.